0: What's up, podcast? Today, my guest is my good friend, Corey Williams. Corey and I both served in the Navy on the USS Macon Island, stationed in San Diego, California. Corey currently lives in Los Angeles after his eight-year stint in the Navy. He's a veteran entrepreneur and actor. He's a man who is passionate about being healthy, staying active, learning as much as possible while being relentless. I hope you guys enjoy our conversation. A little bit about yourself, man. Just kind of introduce yourself. Quickly to everybody. and Let us know where you're from, where your parents did, that kind of stuff. Okay.
1: All right. So I'm Corey, uh, Corey Williams. Uh, first off, you can find me on social media at Great Instagram. Um, so just I'll give a full rundown that way. You can get yeah. a full understanding um, cool. just about my history. So uh, I was born in South Carolina, Charleston, South Carolina. A lot of people don't know that just because I was born into a military family. Um, so I think I spent the first like three or four months of my life there. Uh, From there, I spent like the first, actually like four or five years of my childhood in Guam, USA. Uh, Guam is a small island in the South Pacific. So I lived there and then speeded up into Illinois, Virginia, leading up to Texas where we lived in Austin first. Did middle school, first year high school there. And then leading up to San Antonio, which is where I tell people I'm from because that's where I completed high school. Um, That's kind of like my memories up until adulthood. Right. And then, uh, so like I said, parents, uh, both my parents are retired military. My mom's retired Navy, dad's retired Air Force. Um, They're both entrepreneurs, both into real estate, and they both started several uh, successful businesses along the years, so. Wow. That's pretty dope. background, they're both from Chicago, so that's like, Chicago's like my, is like my roots, you know what I'm saying? That's like where all my roots are from and all that good stuff, Mm -hmm. so.
0: That makes sense because ever since I've known you, you've been very entrepreneurial. Mm-hmm. Um, when we were on the, on the ship, because obviously we used to be in the Navy together mm-hmm. uh, and we'd have our conversations about life after the Navy, you would always, I was always really excited for going to school and getting a job like outside the Navy, outside of having to do duty, outside of having to, like the typical bullshit that you go through in the military. Yeah. Uh, and you were always super, you're the first person that I know that was super hell bent on like, I'm not working for nobody when I get out. Like I want to make sure when I get out and you were really the first person before I started listening to Gary Vee, before uh, entrepreneurship kind of blew up in this way. Right. Um, Using social media and stuff like that. You were always that kind of person. Like I don't want to work for fucking nobody. And I respected that so much. You're the reason why I I can appreciate entrepreneurship. Did you get that from your mom, your dad? I know you said they're both entrepreneurs, but where did that spirit come from?
1: Give me two seconds. I'm going to grab a book and tell you about something real quick. Okay, go ahead. All right. So before I show the book, I'm gonna give a rundown. Yeah. So, like I said, my parents both have started several businesses along the years. Um, they're in, they're heavy in the real estate right now. Both are uh, active realtors in the uh, South Texas market.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, my dad, he's the reason why I have a well, not the reason why, but my inspiration behind my clothing line came from my dad. My dad had a clothing line when I was a little kid, um, back before you would see stuff online. Uh, you would go you go in the in the mall and you know you used to have like the little like hip-hop shops where you got some random like bootleg looking hip-hop clothes
2: <laughs> line,
1: yeah. line called I see you looking and it was spelled the letters I see you looking and mm-hmm. he's an artist so he draws really well so he drew the entire logo really cool nice cool face and I remember being a little kid and he'll go around to these stores and talk to the owners and really shop this shirt and that was like my inspiration like that's so dope, my dad's got a clothing line. This is back in the 90s before mm-hmm. um, you can open up a store by yourself online. Uh, so that was really cool. Uh, leading up to, I'm showing the book. Uh, <laughs> up, <laughs> uh, my mom actually bought this book. This is the same book. She bought this book. I was probably about 10, maybe 11 years old. Um, and the book is called Rillionaire. It's written by this guy, Therrick Gray. Mm. And he talks about growing up, he's from Chicago talks about growing up in public housing in Chicago and how he made his first million dollars by the time he was 14 years old. So I must have read this book about three, maybe four times throughout my youth. And of course, each time getting something different to it. So I'd definitely say this book has a lot to contribute to my um, thinking habits from very young on.
0: Yeah. So in high school, did you know, kind of entrepreneur, did you want to be an entrepreneur in high school? I know you have some history but um, going into college because I know our generation grew up with the whole thing that college was the the key right if you right. want to be successful you had to go in and not only that but we kind of felt at least I felt the pressure of peers everybody's getting their SAT scores back um, everybody's getting into colleges UF or here in Orlando you know going up to Gainesville and so it's like if you weren't getting into college you were kind of a loser so what was your mindset graduating high school? So graduating high school, I actually, I started off at the community college.
1: My initial plan was to, um, which kind of, this entire story kind of leads into things that I'm doing now, but in a different aspect. Mm -hmm. So my entire, my uh, complete plan was to go to high or go to college, do accounting. And then I wanted to go to law school. My dream was to, at the time, I wanted to be an entertainment lawyer. Like Mm -hmm. that was like my plan, like from the start of high school. I wanted to get my degree in accounting do the LSAT or whatever and then go into entertainment
0: law um so yeah that was like yeah my control. and so did you end up doing that I mean I know obviously the yeah. Navy comes in I kind of know some of the story yeah. but uh when you went in did you is that what you studied accounting in college yeah so that's what I studied uh accounting um and it was good but I just got to a point where I'm like this kind of
1: kind of sucks like the whole like, <laughs> like, like experience for me you know, your mind is, your mindset's a little different, you know, when you're 18 years old, like I, I just, yeah. I wasn't grasping the entire field of
0: college. And then at the mm-hmm. time I just wanted something different.
1: So that's mm-hmm. kind
0: of where the, where the Navy came into play. Right. Okay. So what, what did you think the Navy was going to do for you that, that maybe finishing college wasn't? You
1: know, that's an interesting question.
0: I guess at the time, you know,
1: being, being young, um, I, that's a tough question to answer. Because uh, yeah. you know you get a lot of people there. Like, I joined because I wanted money for college. So that really wasn't my initial reason. I think I just joined because I wanted something different. I wanted a new mm. experience, mm. Um, and I kind of just wanted to get away from San Antonio at the time. So that was yeah. like my, that was like my way out,
2: if you will. Yeah. yeah, that's
0: understandable. Did you kind of intuitively feel that you needed real world experience? Because looking back at the Navy, the biggest thing it gave me was kind of. Um, I guess leaving the nest, like the, the value of leaving the parents' house, and and because when you're at your parents' house, you have all their perspectives, you kind of have their protection. There's a lot of things that you don't know, you have a lot of blind spots, a lot of ignorance, right? And that's inherent to being a kid. Right. Um, did you kind of feel that, like leaving that you are like, in order for me to really fully grasp my like my potential and the things I need to know to become an entrepreneur, successful, a millionaire in the future? I need to leave, I need to be able to, I need to go encounter the world, essentially. Did you feel that, or was that just kind of a part of the process?
1: Yeah, that was kind of like the initial, like, almost like you you need to spread your wings to kind of find yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I think a lot of times where you stay in your initial surroundings, like, um, you look at a lot of people that have, like, these ways of thinking, like, they're really, like, uh, um, I don't know the word I'm looking for, but they're really... Like stuck in their ways. Yeah, stuck in their own ways. A lot of those mm. people never left 20 miles from where they grew up from. So you kind of, right. in, in order to like truly find yourself, you need to, it's okay to go back, but you
0: need to spread your wings and fly and go experience the world a little bit, you know? That was me. That was me completely at 18. Like when I when I talk about myself from 18 to 21, I kind of harshly refer myself as a piece of shit. And right. it honestly came from the idea that I thought I had everything figured out. So for some reason, I had no proof I had no success in any other venture. I barely graduated high school, right? right. Um, nothing tangible to say that I knew the answers of what success was gonna look like and that I was on the right path. Um, and obviously, all of that came from comparison. You find enough people to compare yourself to, of course, you're gonna look successful. Right. Um, and, and that was the problem is I wouldn't take in any advice from from like people that matter, like mentors and people that really had a lot of wisdom to impart. I just mm-hmm. feel like they'll, they'll they'll see that I have all the answers. And that led to such, devastating, such a devastating financial situation for me where I, it came to a point where I realized like I had to join the Navy. Like I had to leave, right? I had always kind of thought about joining the military, mm-hmm. but for me, I knew college was kind of weird because I didn't really know what major, I didn't know what I wanted to do, mm-hmm. um, but I had acquired so much debt on, on dumb shit because I used to work at a bank. And mm-hmm. so the first thing at that bank is they gave me a credit card for six grand and my mindset with money at 18 to 21 was that as long as i don't touch the cash in my account so if i have 400 dollars in my account that i've saved i can use this credit card and i'm it's not hurting me because i'm not touching my physical cash Mm -hmm. now having done a lot of research on investing especially lately and money and understanding money lately Mm -hmm. i realized that was the dumbest thing but you have always been a person that understood money you were always good with money since i met you like it kind of always blew me away i thought I kind of held on to the hope that everybody my age was stupid with money, but you were so good. Where did you get those, that, so, that money wisdom from?
1: So I'm, no, I'm not exempt. I mean, I've had my fair share of, of dumb mistakes. That's the only way we learn. I mean, somebody can tell you, don't do this, don't do that, <laughs> sometimes you have to learn exactly why you don't do this and don't do that. So I mean, I've, I've done dumb things, especially when it comes to credit cards. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I as well have learned, but um, growing up, like I said, just kind of watching my, my parents do certain things It's kind of where I got my initial like uh, grounding and, okay, this is kind of how this works, this is how that works. Um, I remember when we first moved to Austin, it was in the middle, it was, or it was actually at like the height of the dot-com era, right? So there's mm-hmm. a lot of people that kind of flock to Austin. It's like a, it's a college town that turned into like a uh, software town as well, like a, so- yeah. a small software town. So you had a lot of people from the dot-com era there. And I remember riding around as a young kid with my dad, we'll see all these Lambos and like, just really nice cars and nice things, nice houses. Yeah. And we used to have conversations about business and credit, right? So of course I learned at a young age, credit is what buys you, is what gives you leverage. Right. But at the same time, you can have an 850 credit score, but be poor. Mm-hmm. um so you need that you need that like that cash flow to really like keep you afloat so kind of put yeah. two together i'm a people watcher i'm an observer you know i'm essentially, yeah, yeah. Like, kind of like a quiet like laid back guy but I'm a, I'm a people watcher so i started watching and learning at a young age and then kind of reading books like the book my mom gave me mm-hmm. and getting to an accounting just kind of got me into like this money mindset of how to like
0: yeah i'm surprised your- you didn't do like finance Did investing not really catch you early on? Did I know you said your parents did real estate, which is amazing. Like I'm learning a lot about it now, bro. And Mm -hmm. uh, there's so much involved and there's so much like, God, I've just been, I've been doing like common stock investing, but I've seen Mm -hmm. like real estate, like you need to have a lot of capital initially to to make powerful gains. But if you, if you really understand that business, you can really up your, your, your net worth.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, real estate is kind of one of those industries where uh, land typically never loses its value. Um, The the property on the land may lose value, but the land is never gonna lose value.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Um, Essentially real estate is always, you're always gonna have growth from real estate. So that's kind of like one of those more predictable markets where even if it does, it usually kind of sees a bounce back a lot Mm -hmm. quicker than the stock market will.
0: Do you invest yourself?
1: Uh, so stocks,
0: I personally don't like stocks.
1: I kind of look at it as like, that's kind of like, um, stocks are here to stay. Stocks have always been, but it's more of like a, right. I don't know. I feel like it's like your grandfather's game, you know? It's so that's unpredictable, true. especially mm-hmm. like now, you know, you, you, you woke up on January 1st, you might've had a hundred thousand dollars in the stock market. And today that might be $45,000. Yeah. Um, but on the flip side, I've really been like heavy into real estate. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not sure if you've heard of wholesaling uh, real estate, Mm -hmm. but that is essentially where uh, it's legal, I believe in all states except Illinois now. I think they just made it illegal in Illinois, but it's it's Mm -hmm. essentially legal in every state. You become a middleman, you find distressed properties, place them on Mm -hmm. a contract, you then find an end buyer, you sell that contract to the end buyer, you take the money um, in between. So let's say you have a house for that you find that's worth $200,000, but Joe is going through a divorce and it's in pre-foreclosure and he needs it gone in 30 days. So he's willing to sell it to you for 120. You get it under contract for 120 and then you find Bob on the other hand, who's willing to pay Mm -hmm. 145. You take that $25,000 and you run to the bank with it. It's legal.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, So it's just basically finding distressed properties and owners in distressed situations. So I actually found out about that before I joined the Navy. Um, I tried doing it, but times were different. Like the way internet and things are were different. I, I was very young. I didn't know exactly what I was doing, but mm-hmm. I revisited the idea when I was in Jersey because I was really determined to get out of the Navy at that point. Right. And move back to California, where I am now in LA, and I did a few deals, and that was kind of like my initial, like, um, uh, I guess, reopening into the real estate world, if you will. So, yeah, um, that's interesting uh it's tough it's it's tough it's not easy but that's a, a way to kind of get your foot in the door if you want to right. some as well
0: yeah so. man i've been i because i've been looking a lot into investments and and i read this book um uh, or i'm reading this book it's called um the intelligent investor by benjamin graham mm-hmm. it's an all white man uh yeah, that's yeah. like uh, warren buffett's one of his mentors sure uh, but he started teaching me a lot because i saved a lot of obviously on deployment we saved a lot of money yeah, yeah um yeah. and that was after me and karen um paid off all our debt and stuff like that, like all the stuff that I had accumulated before the Navy. And I remember we had all this cash sitting in the account and we were just so naive and like so afraid of it leaving because we heard the horror stories of people who would come back from deployment and just get reckless. And, and yeah. you know, and next you know, all the money they saved on deployments gone and either back at zero. And so we just kind of left it, left it in the savings account. Mm-hmm. Um, and it wasn't until I started working at Apple when I came back to Orlando where they had like a stock plan where you can invest 10, basically up to 10% of your check mm-hmm. and over a six month period, what they'll do is they'll save that money from every check mm-hmm. and they'll sell you um, whatever your, um, that amount can buy in stocks. They'll sell that to you at the lowest price during that period. Mm-hmm. And so in the three years I was at Apple, I accumulated a lot of Apple stock and Apple stock is a big growth stock. Like it, mm-hmm. it, it acquired a lot of value over time. And I remember last year on October, I have been for a while preaching about Tesla because I love Tesla and mm-hmm. I really want to have one one day. And I was like, man, I want to buy Tesla stock because I just want to, have, I want to be an owner of this, some of their shares. So mm-hmm. I sold some Apple stock and I bought some Tesla stock with that when it was in the 200s. Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting there in class in January and I'm watching, I'm just getting notifications that Tesla stock is blowing up to $900 a share, bro. Oh man. I was shocked. I'm sitting there like I should have put my entire savings into this, <laughs> um, but that got me really curious into investing, right? Okay. Um, and so what I stumbled upon was a thing called dividend investing. Do you know anything about dividend investing?
1: I don't. Talk to me.
0: So all it is is you're buying shares of blue chip stocks, which is stocks for companies like Walmart, Target, mm-hmm. Disney, Apple, Microsoft these companies that have been around they're like the top 500 top thousand companies they're massive corporations where basically i can't imagine a world without disney i can't imagine with apple all of them are vulnerable right to the market if they make bad decisions but one thing that they do is very unique is they pay out from all the money they make they pay out to their shareholders dividends money um it's either quarterly or i think uh semi-annually where they'll basically pay out like apple pays me out um four times a year for owning their shares. I think it's like 88 cents or a dollar something for each share that I own. And so what I did during the the initial dip right in March is I took a lot of my savings and started buying up shares of stocks that I've been wanting to own. Mm -hmm. And uh, we eventually I convinced Karen, I was really hell bent on convincing Karen that we should put our money away into, into stocks that we, we, or we think are really good mm-hmm. because inflation had been eating away at our savings, right? Mm-hmm. Cause our savings account was not earning us more than what the 2% average in the past five years was eating away at our purchasing power. Right. Um, and that's the nature of inflation. Like we all pretty much know that from economics in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the power of that is they say that we have basically a retirement number. So mm-hmm. how much a year minimum or every month you spend on the fundamentals, right. On like rent and stuff like that. And basically that there is an amount invested that you, have, that you can have in, in a portfolio of dividend paying out companies mm-hmm. where the amount they pay you out a year is equal to the amount that you pay in rent, insurance, so that you technically retire yourself and you don't have to depend completely on a job to pay the fundamentals. Right now I have, they're paying, I think I'm getting back a year, $1,100 just in dividends every year right now, based on what I've already invested. Sure. Um and as long as the companies keep paying out dividends, as long as their balance sheets keep looking good, those dividends stay. And they the you know, and you really pick companies that have like 20 year streaks, that kind of stuff. They're very safe, Johnson and Johnson, that kind of stuff.
2: Sure.
0: And so I put all my money in that as of lately. And it's really helped, it's really gained me a lot. Like I've I've well, it's because of the volatility as of recently, but that's sure. kind of been where I've I've put all my money. Um I just thought that was really interesting when I started reading about it, man.
1: That's good information. I have to look into it. You said that's blue chip.
0: Yeah, Um, I'll send you, yeah, I'll send you all the information. I'll send you the video. And for anybody, like, I guess that will be watching this or listening to this. It's a fascinating topic that I got really interested in, man, really. And I'll show you, um, like on the amount that I've invested since October, I have a 22% gain to put perspective on that. Mm-hmm. annual return from the market is approximately 7%. Right. So in, from October till now, I've gained three years worth of growth on the money that I've invested. In, and I just, there's no way that you can see that in any other investment besides yeah. something like real estate, which you yeah. have to have a lot of money to begin with, or you have to know the game like
2: you do. Yeah.
0: Um, so I'll send you all that for sure. And I'll put it in the links um, in the description of the podcast so that you guys can check out the videos in the, in the, in the, all the resource, man. Just trying to be like you, man. <laughs> no, man, I'm just trying to be like you. Um, just to get on track a little bit, um, I know we had some questions, but you said that joining the Navy was more of like a spread your wings. You wanted some experience. You wanted to get out and, and kind of learn. Um, yeah. You know, did you end up getting the experience out of the Navy, the, the, what you end up learning from? Because you did two enlistments. I only did one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you went, Did you get everything out of the Navy that you expected? Um,
1: so I guess going into like I, I seriously joined on a I don't want to say a win but I, I just joined then I didn't I didn't have like any expectations like going in like I want this this is what I'm expecting okay I just kind of went in like open-minded um mm. uh, just with the with the ideal of you know of course like the basic things of wanting to travel uh mm. met some really good people like yourself um you, I'll, I'll okay. never uh want to change that for anything. I think that was cool, like some of the people that I've met, like including you that, mm-hmm. you know, that I still talk with on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. Um, but everything that I've expected, I would say I gained a lot from the Navy, man. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, did the, the first enlistment on the ship, that was just different, you know, the first, I remember, I remember my first day showing up and you're walking around, you got these tight spaces, I'm ducking my head, and <laughs> you know, all this other stuff. And I'm seriously like, I'm sitting in that office And uh, I remember just sitting there staring like, man, what did I get myself into? Mm. Um, But that ended up being rewarding because there's there's just a lot of places that I've been, people that I've met, things that I've done that I would Mm. never have accomplished um, had it not been for the Navy. And then leading up to my second second tour, when I first got there, of course, I was – Uh, and uh, stationed out of Philly, but working in Jersey as a classifier at the MEPS. When I first got there, I was like, man, I should have probably just got out after my first enlistment. But that ended up being the most rewarding uh, tour because of what I did. Um, Excuse me, I had the opportunity of talking with people that wanted to join the Navy every day. Excuse me, and you get to hear their stories, right? So you have everybody from from uh, Billy, whose dad's a CEO at some company in Philly, right, who's mm. like, I love America, and he wants to be a SEAL. He's like driven on that. He wants to fight for this country too. You've got somebody who's been practically living on the streets, and they'll take anything they've got. So that was like a very yeah. eye-opening uh, experience to really like see for myself that there's truly people of all walks of life that really gonna join the Navy. Um, So it was rewarding of kind of helping people, guide people, of figuring out, um, of course, I'm not a a guy, you can only do so much of what the Navy says, but uh, what was available at the time, helping people figure out the right job for them, that was really um, rewarding. I had a, that was like, that was fulfilling, like helping others
0: out. Um, Mm -hmm. So with that, um, I'll say I got everything I needed out of the Navy. Well, what did you learn about yourself that you didn't expect? Cause I feel like from everybody that I've talked to that I really respect in the Navy, I think all of us really had a moment or many moments where we encountered, um, we like came to terms with, with things about ourselves that we weren't proud of. You know what I'm saying? Like there was weaknesses in, in me, right? There was childlike things in me. I think I was talking to Karen, my wife about this. Mm-hmm. Um, there was moments where, uh, so it, it's like when people ask me about myself or you take one of those tests, that, like, that kind of describes qualities and you get to kind of say, oh, I, um, are you the type of person that does X or Y? You're always going to pick the qualities that you admire, but they may not be a true representation of who you are in the nature of you, like of yourself, the, like your nature. And like there, I had natural tendencies that I wasn't, I hadn't like reconciled in myself. You know what I'm saying? And the Navy, there were moments in the Navy and pressures in the Navy that exposed that shit. And I kind of had to look in the mirror, like, damn, this is who I am. I really am this right now. Like, this is me. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Um, and then I had to reconcile that. I had to figure out who I was, that who I was, or am I going to work on that? Right. Do you have situations like that where you were kind of shocked? And, Man, this is me. I didn't realize this was me.
1: Yeah. Um, and, you know, for me, a lot of those situations, actually, because we're really tested when we go on deployment, even though we're on the ship and we're not on the front line shooting at right. people. Uh, we're still tested, right? Because you're, you're, there's pressures that you face every day. You're away from your family. You're living amongst, I don't know, five, four thousand other people that you may not necessarily like all of them. Right. Um, so there's different pressures that you face. And then you kind of realize certain things about yourself. Like you said, like, wow, mm. I really got to fix this. And then on the flip side, um, I like to look at things like now, like, like, man, I, I did that. If I did that, I can do this. You know what I'm right. saying? I like to look at things yeah, like yeah, that. Like, yeah. bro, like, I accomplished that. If I did that, mm-hmm. that was a piece of cake. Now mm-hmm. that I'm free, if you can say, you know, as mm-hmm. a civilian, I can, like, really spread my wings and like, just fly, bro.
0: Yeah. So. Absolutely, man. I mean, one of the biggest things for me was um, just kind of how I never finished things. I think because mm-hmm. the Navy really forces you. Obviously, you're in a contract. And I just remember the day before deployment, I had, to, I had duty the day before deployment. Mm-hmm. um while everybody was out and so after I, I dropped Karen off and she well I came back from I it's so I don't even remember oh I came back from vacation uh-huh. and it was just me and I was dropping off the in my car uh, at like a storage place mm-hmm. and I remember I had to make it back that day for duty mm-hmm. and so I got there and I remember facetiming Karen on this exact laptop and just kind of talking with her and, and I guess I had not dealt with a lot of the emotions of like everything happening right because everything mm-hmm. was just kind of happening so fast that literally i found a corner on the ship and i got on a laptop and i remember just i was trying not to be emotional i was trying not to worry karen right mm-hmm. before i go away and, and i don't know how long it takes until i see her again right i just remember thinking to myself I, it was just a moment where i started to reflect like man if you would have just gone to class if you mm-hmm. would have just if you would have just studied if you would have just done well in exams if you would have just been disciplined if you would have just listened mm-hmm. to your parents if you would have listened to your mentors like you wouldn't have to be putting her through this you wouldn't have to be putting your family through this you right. could be like your friends graduating college, going into the careers night mm-hmm. instead of buying all those fucking Jordans with this credit <laughs> card that you, not your money to flex on nobody. Cause nobody cared. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah, you Wouldn't have to be deploying right now to fix your mistakes. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was a raw moment where I couldn't, I couldn't hold back and she had to kind of like calm me down.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And, and I was really upset at myself. I was really angry at myself during that time. Um, that was just kind of one of those raw moments where it's like the, you know, and I love the Navy. I love the experience that we have Love the, the men that I served with and the women that I served with and, and the close group that I have, like you guys are my brothers. You guys taught me so much. Right. Um, but I'll never forget the feeling that like I put myself and my family in that position. Cause I didn't mm-hmm. want to work hard.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Cause I wanted shit handed
1: to me easy. Sure. Yeah. I remember, uh, before I joined the Navy, I had a conversation actually with, the. Uh, um, the pastor of the church that my parents were attending at the time Mm -hmm. and a really good guy, uh, talked to him. He's, to actually be a Marine. I think he ended up being an engineer and then becoming a pastor. But anyway, we had a conversation and the first question he asked me was, did you exhaust all your resources for college? Mm -hmm. And you know, me being young, I'm like, yeah, but essentially I didn't, you know, right. I just thought that that's what I wanted to do at the time. Mm -hmm. And, uh, he saw potential in me and I remember these words have always stuck with me. He was like, he was like, that's fine. I mean, you can only make it so far. He was like, I can pull out a chart right now and tell you how far you can go for the next- <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. And, and and thinking about it today, it's like that's that's terrible. That's a terrible thing to, to realize. Like you can only make it this far. You might be the best person ever, but yeah. this is how far you can. I don't care who you are. This is this is only how far you can go, right? Right. And then he was like, or uh you can create your own way and you can make i don't know three million dollars a year if you want to or x amount of dollars and then he was like yeah what you want to do and you exhausted all your resources yeah do it but it, it, i mean it ended up being a good thing but i just remember that conversation
0: now thinking back on i'm like wow i didn't exhaust all
1: our resources
0: yeah yeah do you have people come up to you and ask you about the military because i remember at apple i had a couple people come and ask me like if they should join or not like what yeah. my opinion was
1: yeah, all the time. And, and kind of here's where I stand with that, man. Uh, being, like I said, I was a classifier in my last command. And that was an interesting time because every day, right, I'm, I'm sitting there, I'm preaching to the Navy people, like, even though you're going to be in this tank, like, scraping shit as an HC, I'm sorry. <laughs>
2: no, no, it's fine. Uh,
1: <laughs> uh, <laughs> even you're going to be here scraping shit up all day, I'm, I'm sitting there telling people, like, this is the best thing ever for you. Like, I have mm. to preach that because that was like my job but on the flip yeah. side in my mind is I'm getting out like I I knew that it wasn't for me but what I like to tell people is um it can be a good thing uh but I think where people make the mistake is you get I used to like get a lot of people come and sit down at that chair and they'd be like this is what I want to do for 20 years mm-hmm. nobody right. knows what they want to do 20 years but I have no clue what I'm gonna be doing 20 years from now and exactly. I don't want to make a plan you know I'm saying like this is what I'm going to be doing you know in 20 mm-hmm. years so I would tell somebody to make it a four-year plan, right? A four-year plan to set yourself up to be in the position to where if you wanna move on and do something else, do that, mm-hmm. don't get caught up partying, drinking, um, just being delusional and unaware of life. Mm-hmm. When four years rolls around, you're not able to make those moves that you really wanna make, and you're right. in a system that you don't like, and you become a, essentially a prisoner because you're doing something you don't wanna do every day. Uh, so I just like to tell people to, to go in with a, a plan for yourself and kind of leave all the military stuff alone, but just go in with a plan for yourself to set
0: yourself up for the future and you'll succeed no matter what. what. What would a plan like that look like? Like what would be a good way to approach a developing plan like that? A way to
1: milk the Navy for everything you can, right? Take mm-hmm. classes. Um, mm-hmm. And the other thing that I would say I, that kind of sets people back in a way is the fact that I would like to say save money, but as you know, like ranking, when you're low in rate, you're not even making any money to- That's <laughs> to why people get married. It, you know what I'm
0: <laughs>
1: And uh, um, so that would be another thing is to figure out how to make rank as quickly as possible, right? So you can mm-hmm. kind of set away as much money as you can. Right. Um, but on the flip side, milk the system, take advantage of the, the tuition assistance. Um, anything, anything that you can get, that's going to benefit you use it Mm -hmm. while you're there um i mean it's there for a reason so that's kind of like what i would preach i I never have anything uh negative to say like don't do that Mm -hmm. um it's definitely not for everybody right i think if you go in there with the right intentions uh it could be a good stepping stone if, if, if your intentions are right just don't go in like a lot of people um their only reason is they want money for school. There's so many different ways to get money for school. Shit, bro. That's yeah. not the last, you know what I'm saying? You can go get a mm-hmm. grant, you can go get scholarships. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's so many different ways to, I think I, uh, I hear a lot of people say that as, as their excuse of, they think that's what sounds good or the reason
2: why they're doing it.
0: Yeah. So. That's crazy. to think that they would commit and mm-hmm. sign on a piece of paper. Like I did. I'm trying to think of myself back then. Right. for a bunch of loose promises. That's exactly what I did. I signed four years away on loose promises and half understandings with the internet on my phone to research. Um, and I think whenever people approached me, I didn't have a negative outlook. I just had the outlook of like, you just don't understand how much opportunity there is out here in the market. Obviously this year is unique because of the pandemic, because everything's going on right now with the, the protests and stuff, obviously, the attention is not on anything it's on you know um what's happening right now right what needs the justice that needs to be served mm-hmm. um but every other year that we that i've been out at least there is so much opportunity um yeah. stuff that the navy cannot afford it just cannot give you that opportunity the, the amount of time you invest in the navy or in the military compared to that energy that you because it's a lot of energy that you invest yeah. that you can invest out here in the market like there's there are kids Making a hundred thousand dollars a month off YouTube, like that shit is crazy to me
1: yeah um, and, that's, and oh and you got you got some of these guys with six seven million subscribers doing five six hundred thousand
0: a month crazy that's ridiculous and and it's like I was talking to my older brother about this the other day, because people think that they have to hit a home run right on YouTube in order for it to be successful. And so they'll make a video, they'll make two videos and watch nothing happen, nothing pops, but they'll get a hundred or a thousand or something like that. And it's not good enough or that the subject that they're interested in, I think Gary talks about this a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, the subject they're interested in that not a lot of people are interested in that shit. Right. Or there's, there's Mm -hmm. over dilution. Like there's just too many oversaturation. Um, but what's the number? Like how many people do you need? to faithfully watch your stuff and subscribe to actually make enough money where you don't have to work for somebody else nine to five. You know what I mean? Logistically. Um, I don't know if you can comment on that. I mean, I think that's, that's powerful.
1: That's interesting, right? Cause I've dipped and dabbled with YouTube myself. Yeah. Um, but you know, that's an interesting thing, right? Because there's so many different niches. Like, you know, you got family channels, you got automotive, you have just daily vloggers, you got pranksters, right? Mm-hmm. but you can have somebody excuse me uh, somebody that has a business channel they may have 100,000 subscribers mm-hmm. but they may be making $100,000 a month because they have a driving platform that they're selling some program so I think right. there's so many different ways that you can make money um, even mm-hmm. if you don't have a million subscribers you know you can there's right. so many different ways you can make money mm-hmm. um, so yeah so people shouldn't give up so soon
0: Right. Are you still on on the YouTube are you still building out your YouTube um, channel honestly, or?
1: Uh, I'm uh cuz cuz now that I'm here in LA I've been mm-hmm. you know taking acting classes and kind of like diving into the film industry. I'm right. really inspired by um I guess storytelling if you will and creating a a cinematic um approach to things. Yeah. So I'm uh looking I'm uh, well, not looking at it. I'm I'm in the process of revamping the channel. Uh, just to, I want to do like daily vlogs kind of how uh, uh, Casey Neistat does or did mm-hmm. really. when he used to do that. But really yeah. essentially, you know, just make a movie every day. Um, so I'm really.
0: It's um, a lot of effort, a lot of energy. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. So I'm, uh, I'm excited about like, you know, the filmmaking process of let me use this lens, you know, or this lens mm-hmm. is gonna be perfect for that. I really, I don't know, I'm,
0: I'm excited
2: about this stuff right
0: now. That's awesome. Has it been, um, cause I know you do a lot of connecting out there and stuff like that. Like, how's has that been like connecting and learning from other um, oh, you know, other creatives out there?
1: It's a beautiful thing, right? Uh, so like LA, I like to explain to people, LA you get like your top 2% from almost every city around the world. So at the same time, it's a lot of competition out here, right? That's what
2: yeah.
1: So many beautiful women, right? You see this gorgeous. <laughs> but there's a million others that look just like her in the city. So she's got competition.
2: Right. Um,
1: but connecting with people, it's been a beautiful thing. There's a lot of people that have a lot of really good talent out here. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's crazy because, like, I'm a, I consider myself an innovator, a creative. And that's mm-hmm. a good thing. Uh, going around the city, I'm able to connect with really talented people to get some really good work done. So that's mm-hmm. like one of the beauties of living in a city like Los Angeles or even New York. Um, right. You have the ability to uh, connect with these really great people from around the world.
0: Yeah. So. What's been in LA, what's been the most eye-opening experience? Because LA is a lot of things in the imagination of everybody that doesn't live there. But yeah. now that you've lived there for a while, um, what's been the most eye-opening thing that you've learned um, of so, the experience? So
1: many things, right? So. Of course, like you, people not living in in LA, it's like this, for a lot of people, it's like this dream place, you know, like, man, like it's vacation spot, people come here, they wanna, you know, run into their favorite celebrity, or they've got this ideal of this is how this person is, or this is what this career is. But one of the most eye-opening things, man, is people are just normal people. You know, Mm -hmm. you live in a city where a lot of people live here that you may have heard of. You know, you might run into them in the grocery store. Guess what? They got a grocery shop too, you know? (laughs) (laughs) There's no, uh, (laughs) I mean, all the excitement dies down. You know, people grocery shop. There's no dream lifestyle that most of these people live where people think that they have all these like personal assistants going out and doing these things. No, they're in the grocery Mm -hmm. store, bro. They got to go to Walgreens and get some toothpaste too. So um, it's, uh, it's, the, I would say the first three, two to three,
2: yeah.
1: I, would say, <laughs> I would say the first two to three months have, um, they felt like a, like, I don't know, like a dream, right? Like, this is cool. But then once it becomes the normal and you kind of get into the daily flow of things and kind of get like really into the hustle, it's just the normal. It's, just, it's another city. Yeah. Um, and uh, you have a lot of people that move here with a dream in mind you know they want to be the next hollywood actor they want to be the next hottest rapper they want to do this they want to do that but i would say you get a lot of lost souls out here too because people get caught up in the nightlife you get mm-hmm. caught up in the drugs and then you get these people that think it's cool to just hang out with celebrities but they end up stop focusing on their self in a sense, they become a peasant, you know what I'm saying? Like, damn, they don't damn. end up doing anything for themselves, so they're just right. kind of here. So I think a lot of people come out here and get lost as well. It's mm-hmm. very easy to get lost. So um, is that
0: a function of, of just giving in to temptation or, or trying to fit in? And, and like Because they think by fitting in and networking, that's what's going to give them their shot?
1: Yeah, but I mean, it, that, that means absolutely nothing. You know what I'm saying? Nobody cares that you were hanging out with Diddy he's not doing anything for you, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) Right. You went to to Krispy Kreme to go get his donuts. Nobody cares about that. Like, what are (laughs) are you doing to work on you? You know what I'm saying? Like I think a lot of people end up coming, kind of get caught up in that stuff and getting caught up in the nightlife and you know, cocaine's the Hollywood drug. And and then you start trying out different things and then they just get lost. Mm -hmm. But on the other side, there's a lot of beautiful stories, right? You get this person that came out here to be, I don't know, a dancer. Uh, they mm-hmm. want to be the next backup dancer on J-Lo's next tour. So they're coming out here, they're giving it the all they got for a dancer, and they mm-hmm. realize it's not working, and then they stumble across like, oh, I'm a really good cook. And now they have this amazing beautiful yeah. business as a personal chef. So you get a lot of beautiful stories like that as well. That's nice. Yeah, so, I don't know,
0: it's LA, like anything can happen. Yeah. Anything Do you still have the same... Um is LA still that for you? Like, is that the only place that you can do what you're trying to do? Like, Or has it lost a little bit of its allure now that you understand the way the city works? Are you like, man, I can do this anywhere. You just gotta have the right diligence and and, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, so for me, I can essentially do this anywhere.
1: But for me, I feel like, you know, there's always, like at certain stages in your life, there's a place that feels like, this is where I belong, you know? Mm. some people get that in their farm town, you know, like that's what they love. You know, they love the, the, the slow life. But for me, um, I feel like LA is kind of like, at this point in time, I feel like that's where, this is where I belong. I can't right. say I'll be here for the next 50 years. I don't know, <laughs> but like right now, um, just because of the networking that you can do and the people that you meet, with, like some of the same, like energy level and determination, you can't get that in other cities. Like, right. if I go back to San Antonio, there's not people there that's, you know, hustling in the entrepreneur and creative world. Like, right. this. they might have it as a side hustle, but it's not the same drive and determination as somebody who gave up everything, packed up everything and moved to L.A. Like, it's a whole, it's a, it's another level of energy because it's kind of like at that point, it's like it's all
0: you got. So, you meet somebody they want to network, let's network. They're serious about mm-hmm. So, like moving there kind of applies pressure too, right? Because, I mean, you have to pay the bills. Yeah. You have to yeah, be. Pressure. Uh, I mean, a studio apartment is like $2,500 a month. That's crazy.
1: So, I mean, to for typically anybody to pack up everything and, and move to LA, they came to, to hustle. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Nobody just comes to, um, I don't know, just be lazy. Exist. Yeah. So,
0: So, okay. So, what does the dream look like for you? Like when you wake up, what do you see? Like what, what's all this effort and energy and money going into? So, you know,
1: I've always been one to preach to, I don't want to work a day job. It's like, that's my <laughs> business. like I don't you hate it. Anybody. Yeah. Um, but uh, for me, I guess the dream um, it's, it's a, it's a mixture of things. It's uh, of course I'm, Dabbling in the acting role. I want to wake up, you know, see myself on TV. That's like a dream. I don't have to have the biggest role. That's just something I want to do. Um, But as far as like my cash flow, my driving force, I definitely uh, want that to be real estate and any other businesses that I own. Just kind of wake up and and feel good about, you know, things that I have going on for the day. Um, Going out, checking on some properties, uh, taking meetings, but feeling good about that and that being a stressful event. Right, because right. The, moment, the moment it becomes stressful, especially in a city like LA where I'm driving 12 miles, but it just took me an hour and 15 minutes to get there because of traffic, mm-hmm. you don't want to be stressed out in that. Nah. Like, like, I couldn't imagine you get people that come here because they want to come to LA to work their dream day job, right? You want to go back right. to a accounting firm. If that was my dream, I'd do it in another city. I couldn't imagine sitting in an hour and a half traffic every day to go slave somewhere, you know what I'm saying?
0: That's crazy. Yeah, I remember driving up to LA from San Diego, like sometimes on Friday nights, we just wanted to visit the city and and check out some of the popular spots. And the traffic going up there was stupid. It was just incredible. I couldn't imagine. And when I first saw LA, like the down to like the city, like, like when I went to that Laker game, really wasn't impressed with the city. I was kind of actually disappointed when I saw it.
1: Yeah, LA is, uh, especially the city. LA is just old and grimy. It actually, um, especially like some of the parts just kind of remind me of of Chicago. It's just a lot. It's it's really, it's an old city. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's amazing how beautiful you can make a place look on TV.
0: I know. That's one of the things I realized. Like, (laughs) this is not what I (laughs) saw.
1: You're like, wait a minute. This is. (laughs) (laughs) But it's amazing how you can do that.
0: Yeah absolutely man um that's crazy man I'm, I'm i'm really happy though that you've you've had a pretty decent experience up there um you said you've been working on your youtube channel what other thing i know you, you said you're taking acting classes and stuff like that are you still in school i know you you decided to go up to school um you decided to start school when you went up there i don't know if that kind of continues yeah
1: i mean that's kind of for me it's on the on the back burner right now yeah focused uh, on the you know the acting and yeah that's kind of like where my where my head's at
2: mm-hmm.
1: and, and then, uh, so for the summer, no, no. Got it, yeah. Yeah, just uh, working on uh, the real estate aspect for the most part.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. That's pretty sick, my man. Um, trying to think, man. I haven't talked to you in a while, so I feel like we haven't – I feel like there's a lot to catch up on, you know?
1: Absolutely. But, um,
2: yeah.
0: but let me see what we but, uh, got right
1: one now. One thing I will, will talk about is uh, – so I've been into, I've been reading a lot of books lately. I've actually yeah. listening to through Audible. Um, mm-hmm. So one of the books that I've, I've been reading, I think is a, um, w- it's more, excuse me, it's more geared towards meditating. Okay. Meditation, but it's like a bridge between meditation and the law of attraction. I'm not sure okay. how much uh, familiar you are with the law of attraction. And yeah. Like pretty the, pretty. I guess the scientific, what do you yeah. believe? In? Do you believe in the law of attraction? Do you think absolutely. that's real? Absolutely, okay. absolutely. I think honestly, that's the only way I was able to make it back to to Cali, <laughs> like right. across country. Because you got to think, I moved uh, like by myself from you know Jersey all the way across country to Cali, um, yeah, without you know any help. It was just it was yeah. me, and I was like I not at the time but just kind of like applying like what i did not even knowing then this is kind of visualizing of what i wanted and mm-hmm. what part of the city i wanted to live in like not even realizing all that was law of attraction and it, it happened like i said i was going to live like where i live at and that's you know it's where i'm living at and if uh, you were to
0: describe the law of attraction like if you were to actually like put words to it for anybody that's listening that doesn't know what it is mm-hmm. how would you describe law of attraction Law of attraction
1: is visualizing your future, right? So uh, I'll tie it in with the book that I was going to tell you about. So the book that I'm reading is Becoming Supernatural by uh, Joe Dispenza, right? And he's big on meditating. And he ties in law of attraction to meditation through, so a lot of people with law of attraction will create a vision board, right? So like the dream car that you want or the dream job, you'll put that on the vision board and you'll essentially see that every day, and it may become your reality. There's a story in the book, uh, The Secret, is a big book on the law of attraction where this guy had put this picture of his dream house on his vision board 10 years prior, moved into a new house, completely new city, new house, and he had like an epiphany. No, he was unpacking, he pulled out that old vision board, looked at the picture, and it was the same house that he had printed out from the internet. That was the house he moved in, not even realizing, so that's like kind of the law of attraction. Um, like I'm big on it. Like on my screensaver, I got my next car I want to get. You know, I want the Rolls Royce. Nice. So I look at it every day. I'm gonna get it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I'm big. On like you gotta, um, you gotta visualize what you want. And it's the same thing. If you you are your your reality is what you visualize. So if you think about negative things, you have a negative you have a negative life, right? Mm. So if you think that
0: you're gonna be sick, you're gonna get sick. If you're gonna be healthy, you're gonna be healthy. Right. You know? So. No, that's so freaking powerful. I, it's funny because I learned that not through that, but I actually want to really want to read that book and we'll have the name of that book in the description, like in the links. Mm-hmm. Um, I learned that when I took, when we got back from deployment, I took a, a psychology class at Valencia community college here in Orlando online. And one of the things it talks about, it didn't talk about law of attraction specifically, but it did talk about how your brain is built to focus on whatever it is that you put your mind to and so if you're focusing on because it's all from like evolution it's all you're tuned for survival Mm -hmm. and so if i start focusing on something's wrong it's like panic attack breeds panic attacks right Mm -hmm. if i start thinking like i have i'm having a panic attack or if i'm starting to think that i have a heart attack um when it's really a panic attack and that's happened to me Mm -hmm. my brain will take any sign at all that would prove to me that that's what's happening even though that's not what's happening. And so my brain will filter out everything else and it will take in all information from how I feel mm-hmm. to prove that that's right, because it's thinking this is really important to him. Obviously, mm-hmm. maybe it's key to survival. Let's make sure that everything that we feel, everything that comes into the brain proves mm-hmm. this right. And that's kind of what you were saying. And like, if you, um, if you think you're going to say you're going to get sick, it's like if you focus on that, your brain is going to try to prove that right subconsciously. The right. power of the subconscious, I think, in the brain is some, one of the most powerful things that I've learned about in the mm-hmm. past couple of years and, and how to kind of aim your, your brain and aim your subconscious um, at things that are very productive. That's the whole, that's what I don't think school necessarily is a good investment, depending on what degree you're pursuing. Absolutely. Especially if you have to pull out a loan. And that's all because of the finance behind that, right? The money, that, the, the money that, that you're being, that you have to pay on interest is not worth the money you're getting back from jobs you'll get from specific, right? Uh, from specific degrees. But there's something about going through college and having to, to learn physics and, and chemistry mm-hmm. and learning how to write, learning how to read, learning how to learn. Those things tune your intuitions, your subconscious, to make you a better critical thinker than other people. That's Absolutely. something you used to think about a lot in the Navy, bro. Because yeah. I didn't think officers were smarter than us. Not right. at all. Like I thought they were pretty fucking stupid, uh, right. some of the ones that I met. Yeah. But school, when they- It's one of the easiest things you could ever do. A hundred percent. But right. there were the situations, mind. my bad, there were no, situations nothing. where where there were yeah. moments, right? Because they seem, they're normal people, obviously. And I, I, I don't know but there were moments where we would think through problems something was happening Mm -hmm. and it was just some it was a way some of them would attack that problem the way they would analyze it the way they would come up with a solution i'm like that's interesting i thought you were stupid and you probably are inherently stupid right but there's something about there there's there are trigger there are dominoes that fall intellectually for you that aren't natural for me right you know what i'm saying uh, and there's something about college in my process. Like I have two semesters left. I have this semester and fall before I graduate from UCF. And I am a way different thinker than when I first started. And sure. there's so much value in that.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, and also my confidence in being able to pick up any book in the library and learn anything. Right. Um, it's just different when I come to solving like problems in my own life. You know what I mean? I don't know if you can speak on that. Like that's huge. Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. And absolutely. And then on the flip side, now that you're older, I think that kind of probably resonates with you on a higher level, just because you see the world differently, right? So school is different for you at an older age, which is nothing wrong with being older and going to school because you kind of learn it right. on a different way because your mind thinks different than when you were 18 years old. You kind of look at things in a different aspect. So I yeah. think all of that, like um, the critical thinking aspect, the you know picking up a book and really like getting what the book was meant for. Yeah. Uh, is so much more now that you're, that you're older. I think a lot of that has to play, play with that as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I can, I can agree like the, you, your, your way of thinking is, is completely different. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you kind of get that. You, you don't realize like, okay, this dumb math problem of, 5 x c divided mm. by 10 x c equals this divided by that blah, blah, blah. Like what like right. like what does this have to do with anything but all it does is, is it advances your critical thinking skills
0: right i mean even f- physics i think to me was the most important class if there's anybody honestly i tell people if if you're going to go to college and you have no clue what you want to do go to go for engineering Go go get a mechanical engineering job. You can do anything with a mechanical engineering degree outside. Like literally you can go and then take a little course on anything else. Mm -hmm. And you'll have this degree that you have sitting there. The skills that you'll have acquired with understanding like engineering.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: I mean, it doesn't matter what you want to do. That's the thing. I think in high school, I thought that the degrees led to very specific jobs. You have a finite amount of jobs per degree that you can get. And if you don't like any of those jobs, then that degree is not for you. And, and that's the problem. That's what's
1: taught, you know, yeah. uh, because essentially your counselor in high school might've gave you a sheet of uh, maybe what you thought you might want to do, take this test and see what matches for you. Right. Yeah. And then you get like a list of jobs. Right. So if you want to be this, then this is the degree you go for, but that's not the way it works. Right. Um, so I think you kind of going to, going to school helps your thinking. And mm. it also kind of helps you be a, a better uh, citizen because of the critical thinking aspect. Right. Right. And it helps you become a better human being. So I think the, the initial belief thought process behind teaching it
2: mm-hmm. or
1: behind the, the, the reason why you go to college is wrong, which Gary V. I I love Gary V.'s aspect on it. He was like, don't, don't go to college right after high school, start a business. Then go to college when you're 30, you know? Uh, yeah. I kind of agree with that. Yeah, um, and I, I fully agree with them. Like, go go learn some life lessons and really figure out, like, what you want to learn about in school, and it'll make a whole lot more sense than
2: yeah. you want to get a
1: you, to right. a
0: nurse. And then mm-hmm. when the pandemic comes about, you're complaining <laughs> about your child because you got to Yeah, it. <laughs> but, right. Yeah. It's, it's, for me, it's the whole process of, like, don't go to college to, to, to get a job, a high-paying job. Mm-hmm. Go to college for skills. Skills yeah. are the only thing that matter. If you have no skill set in the market that's valuable, it doesn't matter what degree you get. If you can't market the skills you've acquired in college with no other experience in the background, right? Because you're 18, you're 20 by the time you graduate, uh, or 21. If you have no skills to market, you have nothing to prove that you've accomplished anything. Nobody in the market gives a fuck, and they're not going to pay you to do anything. And as a kid, I didn't understand that. I I just thought I have a degree, and they have to give me a job because I have a degree. And all that was so vague that it just made me. It got me scared, and I didn't want to commit to one job. But even me with a computer science degree, I can go become a software engineer at Facebook or something like that, or I can take the skills that I've learned and do anything else I want. Like, I can go and do anything else I want with the skills that I've acquired, and that's so invaluable. Like, just this being able to think through problems, I think, now, for me, and like I was saying, physics is probably one of the most important classes. I mean, I almost cried taking that class. And I had everything at my disposal, YouTube, I mean, books, everything, I had tutors, literally. But it, it just had to rework the way I thought. Like, physics is one of the most difficult subjects. Um, but I think everybody should encounter physics at some point. It really helps you appreciate how things really work. Like, right. that's one of the most powerful lessons. It's like, you can have assumptions about how the world works. And you might be safe in, in those assumptions. They could be completely wrong to how objective reality works. And that has implications. Like when I talk about delusional kids, right? Or delusional people, delusional adults, they'll say things as if they're facts. It doesn't matter what subject is, right? And they won't do the research to get an opinion about something. And maybe that's even relevant to now. And they'll just spit out things that they say and they're claiming are facts. And there's an objective truth, right? They may or may not be facts. They may or may not be true, Right but you're shaping behavior. You're modeling, but you're doing things based on things that might not be true. And the objective truth of the universe, you can't like, there's an objective truth in reality. And at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how much you shove, how much you tell me that you're gonna go and do X, Y, and Z, or that you have the intangibles. Um, If you don't and you risk it all, you're kind of fucked. Exactly. That's where self awareness, I think, is one of the biggest things Gary Vee has taught me. Like how crucial that is at any age. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah, for sure. Um, For
1: sure. And then uh, just kind of talking about college and degrees and jobs and stuff like that. I think we're coming to a time pretty soon here how we saw or are seeing live before our eyes with the pandemic of businesses shutting down because they can no longer sustain. I think there's going to be a lot of degrees that are going to be useless in the very near future. Because I mean things are so different you got back to youtube you got eight year olds making i think there's the eight the highest paid youtuber last year was an eight year old kid he made like twenty seven million dollars off of youtube wow you got you got you got kids making all this money i mean things times are just changing and it's a, right. it's a fun thing to see um, yeah. and experience and, and be a part of to be honest
0: mm-hmm. so. yeah man absolutely why do you think why do you think YouTube is such a Why do you think a lot of people aren't successful at YouTube? You think it's more of just a consistency problem? Uh,
2: You know, it's more complicated
0: than that.
1: I think it's a tough. That's a tough answer because you click on some of these videos, man. It's like, bro, you got two million subscribers for what? Right. Suck. (laughs) (laughs) but, But you know, there's just some people that have like this persona that. People like them for some reason, um, yeah. but I think everybody can be successful because I think there's at least a million people that like you know what you have to say. They'll love mm-hmm. to hear what you have to say. Just as I can find a million people that would love to hear you know what I have to say. But I think right. it does go back to consistency um, of finding like that right knack for your videos and the right flow to post and um, and just being resilient. Um, Mr. MrBeast, he's a YouTuber. I'm not sure if you heard of MrBeast. He does like a mm-hmm. lot of um, videos. He's got a lot of subscribers. I think he's got, he's up there in his subscribers. Yeah. Um, I think he's got like 40 million, maybe more. Wow. But anyways, I think like his first six to eight years, he didn't have any subscribers. He was just doing like gaming videos. And then all of a sudden he gained momentum. And now over the course of the past three years, he's gained like all these subscribers. So I think that kind of goes back to the fact of staying consistent. And if you're not passionate about the, the niche that you're in, you're not going to be successful. Right. So, you know, that's if big. you go, if you make a channel tomorrow because you hear crocheting is the new hottest topic and <laughs> you go make a crochet channel, but you don't know anything about it. Right. People are going to feel that. They're going to see that. And nobody's going to yeah. have, have to say about being a crochet artist. That's
0: big. Yeah, that's people big. feel that energy. Um, they can tell me are being fake.
2: Exactly. That's something
0: 48 Laws taught me. Mm-hmm. um that that you think in your mind that you're you're convincing people that you're putting on the right mask and no one no one knows what you're doing right like there's something to how we evolved as people
2: mm-hmm. where
0: we feel I don't know if it's energy I don't know mm-hmm. that's the popular name nowadays but I guess you know there's an energy to people when they're being fake there's an energy energy to people when you know it doesn't matter how good they are with the editing like it just right. just comes off hollow like there's no real spirit behind it um yeah
1: and even, even you get some people that are, are passionate about a topic, mm-hmm. but you might have this one person who's, who's the guru at the topic at the time.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: now, instead of them doing them, putting their own taste to it,
2: mm-hmm.
1: the channel becomes a copy of what this other channel is. Excuse yeah. me, so I think uh, that's another thing is just, you kinda gotta be creative and figure out like what's gonna make people like what you have to say. What can you bring different to the table, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, there's already a Mr. Beast. You don't want to be Mr. Beast 2.0. like be <laughs> so, so like bring yeah. something different to the table and have some, something different to offer that's going to make people like you for you. Um, yeah. so a lot of people
0: are so caught up on copying a trend that they're not being themselves. In, and then that's where people fell as well. It reminds me of the whole idea in, in, in uh, investing of buying low and selling high. Like Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, that's what everybody wants to do. They want to buy a stock as cheap as it it can be in the moment. Mm -hmm. And as soon as it rallies, you, you sell and you make all that profit. Mm -hmm. But reading the intelligent investor and reading any statistics on that, that right, people trying to do that, that is nearly impossible. It is nearly impossible. And most of the people that behave that way, maybe they'll strike gold. Maybe they're one of the few that strike and they buy super low and they sell super high. But on average, as opposed to holding your position and being consistent over the long term, mm-hmm. they end up ha- suffering more devastating losses than people who just held on to stock and kept buying more when things were low. You know what right. I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that that's really analogous to to even the consistency in like producing video content or even podcast content. That's why I'm trying to like there's so many nuances that you you edge out over time and you get better at. Right. Uh, but the important is the the you know being consistent and talking about shit that you care about. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, man. So I know
1: this, I know you're the host of host of this show, but is YouTube something that you're, that you, that
0: you plan on doing or that you're doing? Mm-hmm. Or? Well, that's where this yeah. is going to go. I think a video component is really important. Um, yeah. I like podcasts, right? I, I love the audio and people like that cause it's very convenient. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. but I like seeing the face. I love, like I would, I would, I would want you here cause right. I think when we, when I have conversation with people, yeah. Uh, and at Apple I think is where it really happened I think in the Navy with you and me it really started because when you and me would get together in your office and have conversation bro I yeah. would leave there so en- and it's not inspiration I would leave there so energized to do something and really I think our friendship was a key was a key component to me discovering all the things that led to where I am now um, and, and that's why I kind of I mean I hold all the fellas like close and dear to my heart but I just yeah. think some of the fondest memories that I'll tell my kids about are some of the conversations you and I have, man. Very eye-opening because what shocked me about you is I remember you had a Honda Accord, a brand new one,
2: yeah, and I remember
0: you had you basically worked the numbers out where it was it didn't really hit your pockets like that. The same thing with your with your um, Camaro, yeah. And I was just blown away because I was like, "How the fuck am <laughs> I so bad with money, <laughs> and how is he so good?" Um, And I was like, I guess in that moment, it really, uh, it put me in a position where it's like, I got to start listening, man. Mm -hmm. I don't have anything figured out. And Gary Vee, we've been referencing Gary Vee all day, but it's really one of the things that resonated. It was like, you need to shut up and realize you don't know anything. Mm -hmm. Um, and I know that really doesn't discuss that doesn't answer the question you have, but I think a YouTube component would be really powerful just because, you know, it's the, it's kind of like the Joe Rogan model. People like seeing, um, along with having an audio component too. I think it's really powerful.
1: So, uh, you know, I'm definitely going to be your number one supporter. Or <laughs> supporter. I, know, I know Karen's going to be your number one supporter. Yeah, yeah.
0: For sure. So, for sure. Yeah, man.
1: That's
0: exciting. Yeah, man. I'm excited. I think it's going to be really cool. I'm excited for some of the conversations that are coming up. I've, mm-hmm. I've been booking a lot of people for the podcast to have these conversations one-on-one.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and I definitely wanted you on there. I invited Cam, obviously uh so we'll have a conversation about the godfather because i know that's something uh we, you know what i'm saying like i know you, you like the godfather too i watched it recently um and it has to be like an annual thing that where i watch the godfather man it's such a influential a series for me um a hundred percent there's just so many lessons in there there's so many curiosities in there uh, that we could literally pick at so i'm excited for that Mm-hmm. um but i guess kind of close it off i want to ask you about your um your clothing line how's that going i saw you doing a lot of advertising before the pandemic hit and, you yeah. know things change but
1: it's for me like that's just kind of something that i always wanted to uh have and do mm-hmm. um so for me i'm just kind of letting it grow organically um yeah. kind of getting into the hands of people out here in los Angeles. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not i guess my style of marketing is different i'm not Mm going to continue to post it to my friends on social media like shove it down their throats i just kind of want to allow it to happen organically it it could happen i don't know 10 years from now and i'll be okay with that because that's not my um that's not my end goal you know is to have this amazing clothing line it's just something that i wanted to put out and uh that first day i was actually i was i was really amazed from the amount of support to people like yourself of um reposting the video i think i got i got so many shares on the video i was blown away and then the people that uh also supported to to buy a shirt i was blown away by that i mean i only expected to sell one and i did amazing numbers like within the first hour and i was i was shocked i was like whoa i didn't even know this person liked me at all but for them to come in and buy my product (laughs) was really dope you know yeah that was like motivation in itself um but other than that it's 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 slowly gaining momentum um Mm -hmm. but i just have someone hand to get it to people i see here in la get it to some um people and just let it let it kind of grow organically and just Mm -hmm. let it go that way but but i'm proud of what i have because it's something that i always wanted to to kind of put out to the world and but i mean it's not i don't care if i make a dollar from it it's not something that my clothing line isn't i don't have this goal with my clothing line that i need to make a million dollars by such and such time like that's not the yeah. goal uh the goal do you is, think that can
0: hinder growth do you think like kind of having it as a passive if it happens it happens or are you kind of okay with like what What do you think about that from a business strategy like strategy perspective uh, it's a tough that's a tough
1: situation i mean it, there's like right now, some of the biggest driving force course, there's, there's not a lot of, you have a lot of brands right now, like your hype, these brands like Off-White. And of course, like your big brands are running the game. But like mm-hmm. small things like that are kind of influenced off of, you have a lot of influencers right now. So people are big on merching, on, on buying merch, you know? Yeah. Um, so it's just having a small focus brand, it's just such a tough market especially when it's not your number one focus because my number one thing right now is real estate. Like that's kind of what I'm passionate about. Mm -hmm. So as a strategy, I would say it definitely would suffer if it was something that I was looking for to be this big deal. But honestly, like it's seriously just something that I wanted to put out and I was able to kind of do that. What's the clothing line called? Uh, It's Zoe. so it's Zeus of Everything and just kind of our motto is that i can be great and hopefully by being great i can inspire others to want to be great for themselves and for our generation. So it's just kind of like a, a lifestyle motivational brand. I don't want to call it a a fitness brand or anything. It's just a lifestyle brand of positivity to be honest. I love
0: you. that. Honestly, i want to i want to buy more. I want to buy it. Mm-hmm. Like i don't know if you still have it up or or
1: Yeah, everything. I mean, I'm I'm we're we're 100% operational. Um, love it. So yeah. So yeah, supports appreciate it. Um but yeah, check us that. out. Um you can check me, check it out to my Instagram. So
0: Yeah, we'll have all your Instagram, we'll have everything linked, we'll have the websites linked for you. <laughs> um, that, of course, man. I'm excited. I'm happy for you, my brother. I know you're doing a lot of great things up there. I know yeah. I also soon we have uh a, 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 a we'll be doing a podcast with some of the other boys. Um to talk more about what's happening now and get a little more deeply into that. I didn't wanna touch it because I think there's so much to get into, but.
1: Yeah, it is. And it's so political as well because like I was thinking earlier is that um, I have my own beliefs on it just like everybody else does. um, and it's like right now you can say the wrong thing you can say one wrong thing and half half the world hates you you the mob yeah exactly do you think that really
0: quick? do you think that's dangerous i mean regardless of what where the mob starts because i think it's all good intentions right i think every i don't know one person at least in my circle uh Mm -hmm. in my rings of circle right because there are people a lot closer to me Mm -hmm. that don't think that 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 was wrong and that the man was murdered you know what i'm saying um so I, I guess do you i get to my first question um mm-hmm. do you think that's dangerous like having the mob mentality because i'm seeing a lot of my social media for example like i've had to stay off not because i don't support the movement of course i do like but it's the whole idea of basically if you don't if you say anything against us i'm unfriending you and so one, one thing is like these echo chambers that start to get even more like cemented and created where all you're sharing to is people who believe and share the same shit mm-hmm. and so does that further the cause does further division create more solutions um i just i personally think it's getting to a dangerous place i mean i thought when trump got elected but i don't know uh, what your thoughts are on that yeah trump first off uh, trump trump's a trump's an idiot <laughs> but
1: uh, like, <laughs> he's a, like, I, I don't, I'm not on Twitter. But the other day, I, uh, I was scrolling through his Twitter because I saw somebody screenshot something that he said, and I was like, "There's no way he tweeted that." And I go yeah. on his Twitter, I'm like, "He tweeted that?" I'm yeah. like, "How? Yeah. What are you thinking?" But anyways. Right. um, yeah, it's, it's definitely getting to a, it's just people are very sensitive right now. I think just to, mm-hmm. this is what it boils down to, people are sensitive. Like, I'm not going to talk too much. I'll save it for our, our group conversation. Like, yeah. my take on everything that's going on. Like, I was asked by somebody, uh, how do I feel about the looting? And I pissed this person off because of my, my belief on it. And what I said was, I'm 100% with it. And here's why is because we all have a voice, you know? Mm. And for somebody to be looting, that's their voice, you know? Mm -hmm. So, and that's, and and the sad part about it is the reason why that's their voice is because of the news, right? The news levitates towards negativity. So if there was a hurricane right now in Florida, you know what they're gonna do? They're gonna go find the street that has the biggest hill that has the highest water that's gonna go waist deep when the rest of the city might have six inches of water. They're gonna go find the most spots. That's what the news does. And they yeah. exploit that. So yeah. if that's what's gonna make noise, let it make noise. It sucks. Yeah. But that's that's kind of how, how our world operates, you know?
0: Yeah. I just person I just hate that that's where the media gets gets in into an interesting like, predicament because um, I feel like especially it being the election year, um, mm-hmm. a lot of people in power positions with the media, because the media at the end of the day, like they control the narrative, right? right um and for us to be able to like i said earlier for us to be able to be properly informed to respond and 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 act in a way that's beneficial right we have to have the right facts like we can't live in an alternate universe that is completely divorced from reality um and i've always thought that like i saw the looting i was like damn that's crazy like you know destroying the neighborhood and, and and i understood that it comes from a painful place you know what i mean um, but I also thought, like, th- this is not proportional to what's happening. There's a lot more peace and peaceful protesting and yeah. communicating that's happening, and the media making it seem like it's the reverse. Like, if there's 10% looting and destruction and 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 90% peaceful protests and, and activism, yeah, the media makes it seem like it's it's the opposite. It's the complete reverse, and that's that's dangerous. I mean, I know that that's how they make their money, right? But that's dangerous because now everybody's heightened emotions are based on you know, not reality.
1: Yeah. And I don't even watch the news typically just because,
2: yeah,
1: I mean, we've, we've got a whole nother realm of getting factual information nowadays. Yeah. Um, Like with the looting, I mean, yeah, there's looting going on in probably every major city across the United States over the past Mm -hmm. weekend. Right. But at Mm -hmm. the same time, the news could drive around LA and there were so many like beautiful and peaceful gatherings going on that were that were missed. They missed the officers that were walking with the people.
0: They missed the, the, the conversations that were happening. Right. All for negativity. And that stokes a fire. That makes people feel even more negative towards the police. And that makes other people feel more negative towards the Black community, exactly. or the community that, that supports uh, Black Lives Matter. When we know for, a, like, when you see stuff like that, that's really encouraging, that might be the majority of what's happening, like that should be the narrative, right? But I feel like we're, um, this is a unique situation where, um, like, the media is caught in a place. I feel where it's it's all for political gain, and I don't want to be conspiracy like or anything like that. But it makes sense to me, right, that yeah. they could use this opportunity to take down like Donald Trump, for example. Which maybe he needs obviously to go down. Then obviously everybody has their opinion about him, and and we need to have another leader in place. But to weaponize something like George Floyd and to weaponize the the protesting. Um, and to bring the extreme like negativity on the news for the sake of, of eventual political gain, I think that's dangerous.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, I wish we had more true narratives of what's happening, like true representation of what's happening on the streets right now. Because in Orlando, everything's, everything's pretty chill here. Mm-hmm. Like, There's been no major looting. They broke up a couple stores over here the initial day, like last week. Mm-hmm. But ever since then, man, like everybody's been peaceful protesting. A lot of people that I know have been out protesting and it's been very, very peaceful. Like they've had their tear gas a little bit. But for the most part, people in Orlando, the entire city, it's been really calm, really effective communicating towards the police. And, and like, I'm sure there's other cities like that, but you don't see that on the news. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. Uh, and every city has had their share of peaceful protests that you just don't see. Right. Uh, yeah, it's, it's sad. I mean, and it's just such a sensitive. Uh subject.
0: You Look at your breeze, man. Yeah, it's just so, so you say scary. the wrong thing. Yeah. And uh the mob. But yeah, you know. Yeah, it's just one of those things that I'm I'm really excited to talk to you and the guys about. Um to get in more detail. I know you guys have a diverse view.
1: Absolutely. But Absolutely.
0: yeah, man. Do you got anything else? You got anything you want to share? Anything you want to talk I mean, about?
1: We could talk for days, bro. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> There's so many things, but I I think we hit like some major uh, some major points. Yeah and and yeah, I'm excited for uh, one being on your podcast and excited to see the growth of your podcast.
2: Thanks, brother. uh,
1: And yeah, I would just like to say thank you, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. You you for coming on. You've inspired me. Uh, we'll (laughs) we'll talk, but I wanna wanna pick your brain a little bit. Yeah, podcast world. Um, Of course. So yeah, but but thanks so much
0: for uh, for having me on your show. Thank you, my brother. Be safe. We'll talk. All right, thanks. All right. All right. Thank you guys so much for listening. I hope
2: you enjoyed this conversation. Stay safe and take care, everybody.